Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wants support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown podcast, the Board podcast that gives you the, the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs of Millsworth Football Club. And just before I kick things off, guys, if you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the podcast apps, make sure you hit the subscribe button um, or leave us a review on the Apple Podcast. We're on 95 uh, reviews now, I think. So we're just five short of the, of the 100. So that'd be a really good achievement for us and also help, helping us get found in the in the podcast world so we really appreciate that and we'd read that on the podcast as well uh, like lord of the rave said that um we're a very good podcast and we all we all get along very well give some good insights so thank you very much lord of the raves uh for, for his comment there so but anyway guys let's, let's chat about the borough um a big big win tonight mills were win 2-1 at the riverside stadium two goals from duncan watmore uh and uh, a consolation goal by jan dada to uh give for the all three points Moved Borough to eight in the table. Um, Els, I'll kick things off with you. Um, I'm going to let Dana get a brain into gear. Um, <laughs> but eighth in the table now. Borough had 37% possession, um, 13 shots tonight. It was clear a counter attacking performance. Um, how would you rate Borough's display tonight? It was a, for me, I thought it was probably one of the best performances we played all season. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I think compared to what people were probably expecting from this game as well. Um, it is, you know, it looks even better, really. I think I don't think even any of us have predicted a win in our predictions on Sunday. Um, and I think people thought it was going to be a really difficult game. And it's it's such a big turnaround from um, the weekend. I think it goes to show that we shouldn't get carried away either way, both on the wins and, and defeats. Because I think after the weekend, people were a little bit dejected and thinking, you know, actually, we're going to fall off a bit of a cliff now. But we can still beat... You know, good teams in this division. I, th- I think we played really well tonight against Swansea. We went back to the horror of old of what we've known, where the defence was really organised. Um, mm. So a good defensive display, and obviously on the counter attack, you know, really well. The, the amount of players we got forward at the right times, especially for what more second goal, um, was really good. Yeah, Dana, would you echo anything? What else was mentioned there? 
Yeah, I think it was a, a tight game. It was always going to be against Swansea. They still are that possession-based team and they do like to play the ball along the floor. And like I mentioned in the preview podcast, we needed to stop Andrew Ayew and I think that Dale Fry did a fantastic job of, of that. The back three again were, were brilliant. And it was a shame, actually, that we did concede that goal. I know it came off Dale Fry's back, but we did deserve a, a clean sheet for that performance. And I think we were quite uh, neck and neck ourselves in Swansea for a large part of the game. And I think it was it was one of those where it could have it could have gone either way, to be honest. And I'm glad that we did get the goals that we did. It was a bit lucky with the the Duncan Watmore one, but he deserved it with the run that he uh, that he got uh, through the defence and then yeah the second one I don't know what Freddie Woodman's doing to be honest he, it, it, I, like what is that keeping though yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's the like me and goal was so bad wasn't it it wasn't it, Papa Dom hands I don't know how it goes through him but I think Duncan Watmore did deserve that to be fair yeah he, he played he <laughs> played well regardless of the of the two goals I think he uh, he was buzzing about all over the place and creating so much um, especially in the first half so um I was quite surprised to see that he, it was more of a two up front rather than him playing out wide. And we had kind of tried to match Swansea and we went back to the three at the back, as you mentioned there, Dana. So, um, yeah, it's obviously worked out favour. We've got the result. Um, I think what I liked about it is obviously when we've played the, the back four, obviously McNair's had to go on the left hand side of it. But um, today he was able to shuffle over to the right because Mark Waller was able to play on that left side, left side of centre back. Um, it's a bit more natural for him, so um, yeah. Brilliant really from McNair as well to read the the pass from the Swansea player and intercept it, and then that that ball for for Watmore is fantastic, and it just it just it epitomises Paddy McNair in the season that he's having. Um, the vision to spot that and, and the execution of the pass, because I mean you can say it's it's, it's an easy ball because Duncan Watmore is in acres of space, but I've seen so many Borough players mess that ball up and. You know the the pass that there's too much on it, or it's too too far behind a player, and yeah, it was on a plate for Duncan Watmore, and, and fair play to Paddy McNair, and, and fair play to the defence as well as a whole. Again, Swansea got Neil Warnock. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You've ruined all the questions. Thanks for that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went off on a bit of a tangent. Sorry, Johnny. It's good, but I think with with the uh, the Watmore second goal, I think Joe Brackham deserves a lot of credit. I think when he pulls the defenders away and leaves mm. the gap for McNair to play the ball through, I think it's it's a very very good play from. But we'll speak about Paddy McNair now. Um, signed a new deal this week, Dana, um, which is a massive deal for Borough. Um, obviously, taking him into the twenty three twenty four season. Um, is it clear that Warnock's trying to build a team around Paddy McNair because he's he's simply just majestic, isn't he? Yeah, and he said that, Neil Warnock, didn't he, that they're essentially trying to build a team around him because he has become a really pivotal part of Borough's play going forward and the, just the team going forward. He's a really important player for us. And in fairness, I was talking about this uh, the other day to somebody that I've never really, for some reason, I've never really rated Paddy McNair. Even last season when he started the season quite well, he did peter out a little bit this season tailed off to a certain extent i think that was just really because of uh borough as a whole went down the pan last season under jonathan woodgate but this season my god i mentioned it a few podcasts ago that he's he's had all the fruit in his wheat of x he's been absolutely outstanding this season and yeah really really happy that we that we uh tied him down to a new contract fruit and fruit 
uh, cream, everything. sugar, everything. The whole shebang in his way to fix it. But um, it's another player that's that's massively improved um, over over the last few weeks. And I know we spoke a lot about Anthony Dykesdale and how well he's been playing this year. And I just want to chat about Mark Fowler for a little bit. I think last year when I, when he first came to the club, I said he was one one of my players to watch. I was really excited for Mark Fowler coming uh, coming to the team and and show this like aggressive fullback uh, that we were hoping to expect anywhere from the from a a former Arsenal Academy player. Um he didn't show it last year, but this year he's been absolutely brilliant. Um Els, how how impressed have you been with, with Mark Baller this season so far? Because for me I, it sounds crazy, but he's been one of the unsung heroes, uh, which are like given uh, given McNair and Dyke Steele have been getting a lot of the praise. Yeah, he has. I think um I think because Dyke Steele was starting a lot from the beginning few games of the season as well, and Mark Baller's came in a little bit later um, and obviously a lot of people have played in his position as well, he's been rotated a little bit more um, he's went a little bit under the radar um, but I, th- I think tonight he was absolutely excellent, he- he's he's almost a, of a similar ilk of, of Dykesdale where they play, they don't look as though they're, they're very, I think I said this about Dykesdale last time, that they don't look as though they're very strong defenders but they channel it very well I think they're quite intelligent um, fullbacks. Um, and what we've seen from them last year. We, I think we all agreed last year that Dykesdale was a slightly better prospect. Um, I guess we've seen him a little bit more, but Bowler looked way off the pace last year in the Championship. But this year, and you know, partly of it, partly some of it is probably down to Neil Warnock, um, but just believing in them, I guess, giving them confidence um, and obviously working with them day in, day out. It's, it's you know, working with a manager like Steele. Uh, Steele, wow. Um <laughs> Neil, <laughs> we can start calling him Steel Warner. Steel Warner. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, sorry, my mind went there. Steel Warner. Um, yeah, so I mean, working with Neil Warnock, um, you know, you imagine it is a good thing for some of the players, especially like I know they're not necessarily young now, but coming into the coming into the years where you think you know getting onto the prime. So, um. You know, get my get my ball a new deal as well. Dyke Steele signed up, McNair mm. signed up. Um, he, I imagine his was quite short as well. Maybe the similar type of deal to Dyke Steele's. Um, so yeah, no, I think he's went under the radar as you mentioned, Johnny. But he, he's been really good in the past few games, and I think it's probably going to be echoed more, especially if Dyke Steele's now out injured. He, you know, less of the limelight is on him, and and you know, ball is going to get looked at a lot more. I think by by our fans. Yeah, like a lot of the players this year have been absolutely brilliant. They've really improved and, and, and they've came on leaps and bounds. And I'm really happy to see Mark Bowler come into that uh, state of of real development, but also becoming like a real key player in, in our squads. And I think he's he's going to be a player that we need to keep nurturing and accept that he's going to probably have some bad games this year. But I think the majority of them now, when he's got that belief that he, I think he's going to be a really, really good player for us. Do we, only, we he... only need Marcus Brown to start performing well. Yeah. And then well, we'll, that's what, all, yeah, we'll get three standings of game goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I think, obviously, with that, um, you know, what you're saying there, I think at the start of the season, mm-hmm. I think we only would have looked at the squad, we would have said, oh, there's quite a few players you're unsure about if they start getting a bit of game time that we wouldn't maybe trust them. Um, but so many players now are performing better than what we thought of them maybe at the beginning of the season. Um, there's not many players where if they get put in the team, you think, right, that's a, a clear weak link. Um, we've maybe discussed wing before um, as a possible possible one who fits that. Um, maybe Marcus Brown, obviously we haven't really seen enough of him. 
Um, but there's not many players when you look around where you think actually if they started, I'm not I'm not really too worried. Um, in, in all honesty, I think even when Nathan Wood came into the team uh, against Nats Forest, he had a he had a brilliant game as well. So you know it seems as though the squad that we've got together, and especially with having more subs and a bigger bench now, it's only going to help us going forward. I'll come on to Marcus Brown in a second, and we'll move on to Duncan Watmore as well. But I just want to finally go on Mark Bully playing a, a, bit, a bit of a strange system at night. Tonight was like more of a three-five-two, but then also four-three-three as well when we were on and off the ball, um, which really nullified the the Swansea attack and and gave was probably the leverage in the game to actually go and kick forward, let them bring bodies forward, and then get them on the counter attack. Um, and how do you think Borough really dealt with Swansea tonight in terms of like the nullifying the threat? I know you were saying a lot about uh, Andre Ayew, um, but in terms of like the counter-attacking play, do you think Middlesbrough's style was really well suited but really effective tonight as well? It was, yeah. That man-marking system that we've adopted under Neil Warnock was perfect tonight because they've got players that can really control a game. They've got a, a lot of experience in that midfield. Corey Smith, who was one of the players that you wanted at Borough during the summer after he left uh, Bristol City, Johnny. And they, like, yeah, they, they have that quality to be able to dictate the game and, and get the ball up the field. And that man-marking uh, tactic from Borough really worked to be able to keep tight to the players that can make that type of impact to keep tight to um, Andre Ayew. And I think that really stifled them. And, and fair play, it was a, a... You know, when you play that sort of way, you need to be really mentally switched on. And Borough have been playing it for a while now. And I think we really need to credit the mentality of the players because... Warnock has clearly got them drilled to play this way and it's working and it's paying dividends. You can see during the game, they're not really switching off. I mean, there's there's times where we will and we have that I'm probably, you know, uh, forgetting, but largely it's a system that works and it's a tactic that works and it was it was spot on tonight, it really was. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, one quick question we've got from Ruth um, before we move on to Duncan. What more we said, do you think that we should be concerned about Betanella? Starting to be, he's starting to be tested a bit more and he's looking a little bit sloppy. Elzit, should we be a little bit worried about Marcus Bettinelli, given obviously the mistake in the game tonight, mistake against Huddersfield? Uh, well, he should have really saved the first goal against Huddersfield. So, should we be a little bit wary of Marcus Bettinelli, or I think it's. Um, a, I don't know. I think that it was a, it was quite poor. Um, the mistake tonight and very easily could have been a goal. I think it was more a mix up between both of them. It can easily happen. Um, I mean, in terms of the actual goal, I, I was saying to you guys before we came on air that um, Jan Dander's shot was a 4% probability um, of going in. According to Love the, the stats. Love the according stats. To, according to the XT shot map. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you can't, you can't really blame someone for that. Obviously, it took a deflection. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I think he's still quite solid. Um, I think he's probably being brought in a lot for his distribution as well, his is obviously his distribution from goal kicks and stuff is is really good and um and whatnot. So I, I don't think we should be overly worried. Okay. Then uh, do you agree or um well when we signed him, I remember you asked me about his thoughts and it was a bit uh, a bit of a mixed bag for myself and I do still agree with that and I remember all the stats that were going around a couple of games ago before the Huddersfield game about Marcus Bettinelli that were were bigging him up quite a lot and I didn't really understand it, I must admit, because Marcus Bettinelli 
for a large part of this season just wasn't tested. I can remember that David Brooks shot against Bournemouth that was a, a fantastic save, don't get me wrong. But other than that, I can't really remember much that, that he did uh, pre-Huddersfield. Um, so I think he just looked at those those stats and thought, well, I'll give you something else to talk about. I'll give you something else to debate. And, <laughs> you know, he, he conceded three goals against Huddersfield and, and did give us something else to talk about. So I don't know. I think I, I agree with that. Yeah, I do think he's a he's a decent keeper, but he will have his mistakes. It's one of the things that I took out from my research when I was uh, doing it about Marcus Bettinelli when he signed. And, and today there was a real heart and mouth moment. But, you know, I, I think largely he's he's a decent keeper Fair enough. And let's read some of the comments out before we move on but Kinzu said uh, some performance from the lads today um, buzzing for what more being classed in the last two games he's played Aruf said it was a great performance for brilliant resilience uh, after Saturday and then Andrew Salmon as well said uh, they say the table doesn't lie uh, but we're definitely better than 10th uh, top 4 by New Year with the games we have so very optimistic oh, there. get ready Johnny uh, well. for the tattoo I'm, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, ben Strickland said, Warnock mentioned on the 12-man pod that, uh, that he, expects to be, he expects to be a few more contracts to ha- be handed out. Um, if you had two long-term contracts to hand out, who would they be to? So, Good question. Your contract, give your contract each. Who do you want? Um, Ashley Fletcher. Ashley Fletcher and Dana. Oh, so I have to say someone different to Fletcher. Yeah, say someone different, yeah. Matt Baller. I, I picked the easy one. You did. Fletcher and Baller. No, I'm going to go Baller, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. shout. Okay. Yeah, if you want to pick one more each, you can, but I'll Well, because I'm the sole representative of the British Ambalonga fan club, Brit. Makes sense. I mean, why would you let a £15 million player go in the summer? Exactly, Nothing. exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who else. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know anyone. Yeah, I think I think it. I, th- I think it froze a little bit. I, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go with no one. <laughs> That's a cop we'll out. That's a cop out. Commit cop out. Once again. <laughs> Um, why, why, why? Since we only give Jed a two-year deal, why don't we try and extend that a little bit further? You know, his, his distribution mm. was his distribution good tonight. Good crossing. Looks like he's coming to play with his own. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> tie George Savile down to a seven-year deal. <laughs> Wait, the spin deal can only go through if like it's free chicken farmers from Jaros. <laughs> well, well, there yeah. we go then. Well, I, I'm. I, well, I'm seeing Jed. I, I'm, I'm seeing Jed. He's only got two years, I think. I'll have to probably if someone's if someone's got a, a comment to tell me wrong, then uh, I'll, I'll have to know. But well, I think he's only got one or ben two says, years left, maybe. Yeah, Ben says he's out of contract next year. Hint, hint. Well, there, there you go, Ben. There you go. I'm gonna go with Jed Spence and Mark Baller would be my two if I had to pick. Um, I'd let Brick go. Um, but anyway, mo- moving on. Um, we'll chat about Duncan Watmore then. Uh, Millsborough short-term deal signing. Looks like we're probably going to have to extend it now with the two displays that he's being putting in. Um, but it seems to be a very good bit of business, Dana, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Today, yeah, can't follow him. The, the, you know, his last two games, he's had an assist and two goals. And what more could you want? I actually didn't mean to say I that. Great, I've been, I I've actually... been waiting for it. I actually didn't mean to say that though, but anyways, that happened, that came out. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. Anyways, um, yeah, 
brilliant impact. I think he gives us that energy and what Maddo and, and Mark were saying on the commentary that he does give us that drive and, and that little bit extra going forward. And, and that run, to be fair, um, for the first goal, and obviously it was a, def- a deflected shot, but I think when you have that type of, of run into the box, and like you mentioned with Tuba's run, drawing the, the, the defender out of position, uh, it just opened up that space. And, and if you don't shoot, you never know what will happen, really. So um, he's he's been really, really good. And, and that Sunderland fan, by the way, that was laughing when it, when he mentioned, uh, when I mentioned to him that uh, Duncan Watmore was signing for Borough, well, he's not laughing now, is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Managerless Sunderland. <laughs> I, I can't believe Andrew Taylor was in charge, by the way, the other day. Yeah. What? That's so, oh, yeah, so 2020. Well. Crazy. Mm. Well, what do you expect? It's Sunderland, it's a banter era for them, and it's just a constant <sighs> banter era, which we really had last year, and I don't know if I could have took much more of it, to be honest. Yeah. But now we're in the we're in, we're in the horny for warning era. That's what we are. We're in now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but don't know what more else. Um, look, he, shot, he signed a short-term deal until January. Should should Bora be looking to extend it pretty much as soon as possible with the current displays? Uh, is it too I mean, early to tell? Yeah, maybe maybe still a little bit too. Obviously, he's only had the two starts. For, you know, put in a very good case forward and assist and two goals. Um, you know, obviously, it, it works well, I think, when you, you do things like this with the contracts where you're basically saying earn yourself a new deal because that's when you're going to drive the performance from the players. Um, I think that's showing with, with what he's done so far. So... A long way to continue. It's benefiting the team, um, benefiting his career as well. If he manages to secure a deal, so win-win. Yeah, absolutely. I think a deal to the end of the season should be pretty much nailed on with an extension to hopefully extend on beyond that. If he can keep himself fit and hopefully be an instrumental part in our season. But then, like, I'm speaking about Marcus Brown for a second, and we've Duncan Watmore coming in and performing really well. Patrick Robinson isn't getting a game either. Do you think it's more and more difficult for Marcus Brown to break in this side now because we are starting to play well. There's players ahead of him. What do you think he needs to do to get back in? Because it looks pretty grim for him at the minute, to be honest. Well, firstly, he needs to get fit because he's injured. But uh, secondly, I mean, I, I take your point. I think it's different with uh, with Watmore, though. I think he's that f- sort of... He has that free roam behind the striker, um, so I don't think his position is necessarily too similar to, to Marcus Brown. Similar in a way, but Marcus Brown does allow us to have that wing option, which Warnock was talking about uh, the other day in his press conference. What I mentioned on the last podcast of uh, the wingers that are naturally more comfortable with the overlap and, and getting around the outside, so... Uh, that I I do think Marcus Brown still has a place in the squad. I don't know how long he's he is out injured for a, a couple of weeks. I think so. We'll see what what um you know where he fits in. But with the squad, with the amount of substitutions, with the injuries that we've already got, um when he comes back, I think he will definitely have a place in this squad. And and hopefully, I know he was my like pick of like surprise player of the season at the the preseason podcast, which. I mean, it's not quite Sam Stubbs' territory with with, with Els, but uh, <laughs> it still hasn't done particularly well this season. Uh, um, but fingers crossed, you can you can make an impact this season. Hey, Matt, man, you know surprise picks. You know, Matt Ball last year he's starting to come good. Now Sam Falari got a new deal. Get mm. me in the scouting network. Look at that. <laughs> can see a player. Well, can see a player. Um, <laughs> Finally, just got one final question on the game um, today, and it's about Marvin Johnson. Fortunate not to see a red card in the first half. 
Um, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't really say red. It was a bit mm. rushed, though. Um, but you could see that it was starting to bubble between him and Connor Roberts. Um, they were trying to get one over each, on each other a lot and kind of let them know they were there to, you know, use a Sunday league phrase. But um, <laughs> you know, it, when it was there, it was just kind of like there was no way out for him. Really, there wasn't much he could do unless they just try and kick it off him and try and win a goal kick but you could see he was just a little bit wound up I think um, yeah you can't really lose your head but I wouldn't have maybe said a red I think um, Amado alluded to it and he was saying it probably could have been a yellow um, but yeah we got away with it I guess he did did he get a yellow later on in the game though if I'm right or am I just imagining I can't, he, he, did get, he did get a yellow but I can't remember I can't remember when I can't remember what for yeah I think I think he got I think he got a yellow Later on in the game, after that, um, then when he when he got took off, I thought, well, yeah, it's probably the best best situation for him if he's, you know, we don't want to lose lose him for a game or two. Yeah, it's, I, it's red card. I do think he was lucky though because if it was in Conor Roberts' face, because I think it was in his his chest. Um, if it wasn't mm. his face, he could have been in trouble. And to be fair, yeah, he, the... he could have, he could have easily milked it, couldn't he? And like, yeah. sort of been holding his face. To be fair, Connor Roberts. Yeah, I, I was mm. thinking during the game that this better not follow the same pattern of the whole game, where we get ourselves into a good position, Marvin Johnson gets sent off, and we lose it. Yeah. But no, thankfully we didn't. Nice. Yeah, with Sam Moores, you have someone, a jab to someone's face in the first half as well. I feel like Middlesbrough is becoming that shithousery team. A championship that no one likes to face. So long, I love that. I love that any day of the week, to be honest. Um, but let's let's move ahead. Let's move ahead and uh, look towards Saturday and Stoke City away from home. Um, it's a really really tough game, and both sides have turned the corner massively this year, both in the top half. Um, so we we'll probably expect a different type of game. Um, looking ahead on Saturday, but just want to know your predictions for the game. I know I, I didn't want to throw any analysis on you. Um, so just how do you think the game is going to go and what are you going to be your score predictions? Mm. Go on, Elsa. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I think as you, uh, I feel like we always say it with every game that it's going to be difficult, but it is in the championship. And um, we looked at the table just before we came on, didn't we? And there's seven points between top and 12th. Um, so it's going to be hard to try and at least break away from, you know, the, the big group into smaller groups and try and stick around the playoffs um, and if we want to try and stick there a win would do as the world a good a draw would still leave us in that pack very nicely um, so I think we've got to be targeting you know getting at least a point um, Stoke are you know, a decent team they've had a decent season so far as well um, so yeah I'm probably at this stage gonna gonna side with the draw maybe maybe one all Yep. Dana? Ooh. Well, firstly, before the predictions, I think the danger man for Stoke, Tyrese Campbell's having a fantastic season for them. A, a really, really good player. They covered. He's a player. Yeah, he is. He's in my uh, championship fantasy team, actually. Um, but I hope he doesn't score uh, against us. But uh, obviously, a, a difficult game goes out saying. But um, yeah, Stoke aside, that have. Probably solidified their their team um, of late. They did sign a lot of free agents uh, last season, which I think pretty much got them into the predicament that they were in because they weren't a, a co- cohesive team. But well, for me, I think I'm I'm going to go with a t- well, I'm going to go with a one nil Borough victory. 
One no boy win, but yeah, we'll just touch on Tyrus Campbell. Hey, he's a player. He is a he is. very, very good player. He's got he's um still only twenty year old. He's got the world at his feet, really. If he just keeps progressing the way he's progressing, he's gonna be some player. But it would be nice to see him versus Dyke Steel on Saturday. Um obviously given if, if Dyke Steel's back or not, um, it would be in a good battle, uh if we, if we could see it. But let's do a couple of comments before I give you mine. Philip Jeffrey said um, it's a long season. Anyone on the bench now, like Brown, knows they could be in for. Now they could, should get a chance. Um, also, Jack Hunter said, "Hi guys, love the podcasts. Uh, thanks for that, Jack." And he said, "Huge win tonight can only breed confidence." And I absolutely 100% agree uh, with Jack. To be honest, I think it. Uh... Oh, there's my dog as well. There you go. Yeah. So with that as well, it's just, um, it can only breed confidence for us as well. So. Um, fair enough. I think you can only break confidence for Saturday as well with with Bora maybe winning two one. Mm. I'll go two one again. Two one. Uh, mm. Yeah. Well, I was I was technically right on the on the last one really, but I had to score the wrong way around, wasn't it? So yeah. will I get a bonus point for that half a point. No. Maybe? <laughs> no, you're not getting any more no. points. You you've got too many. Oh, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. But anyway, that that's pretty much rounding things off, guys. Um, so thank you for joining me tonight, and obviously thank you guys who are on the live stream as well, watch us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, but also if you're not uh, subscribed to our podcasts as well, even Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, if you've got Spotify wrapped uh, today, uh, let us know where we are in in your charts. It'd be great to see if we're in your top five. Send us a a tweet or a Facebook message or anything that we'll share on our on our social media. Um, but also, finally, I'll, I'll finally end on this. If you haven't given us a five-star rating on the podcast apps, we're five off 100 now, so 100 before Christmas. And obviously, that helps us get found, but, but help help Borough fans find us as well. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Millsborough win 2-1 at the Riverside and take us to eighth in the table. The playoffs are in sight. I know it's early, but everyone's horny for horny. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 